Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you for what you're doing in our midst, Lord. Thank you for the ministers of music here. Thank you, Father, for those that are faithful. Just thank you, Lord. I praise you and I thank you. I ask that you help me with this word tonight. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Angela, the last two Sundays, has brought forth the word. Actually, it's a challenge to be still. Uh, And it was to me. And the last word you said was be. And it turned up, flipped up every rock in me when you said that. And I began to ask the Lord, what, what am I sensing? And he said, you don't know how to be still. You might pull away for a while, but then you go right back into too much busyness and those things. He said, to be is to remain there. To be is to remain in quietness. And uh, my life has been very, very busy in the last 90 days. My son came back into my life after 12 years. My grandson, Quentin, came back into my life. The Lord told me to sell my house. I had a wreck. I had a move. And I had a major cold. And life in general has been pretty busy the last 90 days. I knew I was going to teach on December the 8th. So yesterday, I said, I set yesterday aside. I was going to set all these other days aside, but I hadn't had that word yet. And when I did, he had me focus on that word. He gives us a word. If we're listening, he gives us a word for us to catch the drift of something. It's like a when you walk into a, a store sometimes, they'll have something cooking and you'll just smell it. You'll want to go buy some of that. Well, I left here with such a hunger last Sunday inside of me to buy some of that. And I began, when he told me I didn't know how to do it, I don't. Except to study the Word and glean from the Word what their attitudes were in the midst of all their upheaval. These Jews that accepted Jesus, their whole lives were torn apart. Their families disowned them. So um, when Odell came back into my life and Quentin came back into my life, there was great, great joy. But at the same time, there was bitterness like I'd never tasted before in my life. Anger, rage, disappointment. A lot of things were revealed, evil, things that were evil and uh thank god for this this place i heard sounds come from the body that said forgive 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 and so i began to just process it and process it the forgiveness and as i i just every time bitterness would come up it's just like gall it's just horrible it defiled me it defiled everything around me because if i ever spoke it it was really bad then 
And so you've had, when you burp sometimes, and it just, it just burns you like fire. That's how that felt inside of me. So uh, you would think that the joy would override everything. Well, it didn't at first. And then God began, as I would repent and go right back, go keep, keep throwing it off, casting it down, the thoughts of bitterness, the, the rage, the, and it was justifiable. I mean, I could justify being mad. Do you see what I'm saying? Anger justifies itself. There's just sometimes you want to be angry. But as I didn't, it was like the best fishing experience I've ever had. It began to reel in, my son. Began to reel him in. And about two and a half weeks ago, he was leaving my house, bent over and kissed me on the forehead and went out the back door. And he had not kissed me since he was 12. He's 53. It just blessed me so much because I knew it was fruit out of his heart for, for me dealing with me. And God wants us to deal with us. Not, our, not because someone else is dealing with themselves, but because he wants to get so into our thinking that, uh, that as I began to catch my thoughts, I would look at it, and he says to sow with a view to righteousness. So I was sowing. I'd look at this and what I was thinking and compare it to righteousness, and I'd have to throw away what I was thinking. We have to have something to compare our thoughts to, and it's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. It will heal us if we read it, if we take it in like medicine. His Word is like medicine, and I began to... All that vile thing began to wash out of me. And I remember sitting in my my lounge chair looking at the fireplace in my house. And, uh, you know, I, I had that word from the Lord that I could ask him for finances. And, and I could do it with, a, with faith now. And so I repurposed and I did that. And I remember the prayer. I remember what I said. It was just like I'm talking to you. And he said to me, sell your house and that was a new thought that was you know i'd considered it over the years but he gave me a word i could sell my house i talked to jason and my house went on the market and it was just like popcorn people were coming out of the woodwork i couldn't even get in my own driveway sometimes because there were people lining up to come in there and see it it was like it just amazing i had five cash offers in four days and I had five other offers that were pretty good. But God, the lady that bought the house was outside my house with flashlight. She and, and the, the agent were looking in my doorway trying to get in the lockbox. And they were trying to see. And here I was without my wig, sitting in my den. I thought I was few with the viewings for the day. And I was comfortable. Well, I see that light over there, and I get up and go to the front door, and I said, who are you? And she said, we have an appointment to view your house. And I said, you'll have to call my agent because I'm not letting you in. And I went over and called Jason, and he said, you missed my email. (laughs) 
So I put on my wig, and then I went back to the door and graciously let them in. Well, they were oohing and on, and I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, it's dark, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, they just loved the house, and they bought it. And uh, <clears throat> normally, I would have just been mad, you know, just to been mad that someone, how dare they come after dark, and here I am. You know, you got, I'm looking my best, you know. My robe is just something to behold. <laughs> I was just comfortable. But God, because I'd made some steps not to be bitter, God was bringing the blessing to me through these people. They put a wonderful, uh, uh, esti- you know, an estimate or a, what's it called? Uh, earnest money down. Almost $10,000 earnest money. And I thought, how am I going to turn this down? So anyway, they were just precious. I know I'm going to get, offer you a deal you can't turn down, she said. So I, she left her cards all over my house. Everywhere room she'd go into, she'd leave. Anyway, she was precious. And uh, <clears throat> God was showing me himself. He was going to bless me almost in spite of me. And... Uh, I just I just remembered that as I was closing on my house, I remember it was like I got a flashback of sitting in front of the fireplace praying that prayer, and I realized he's done it. The money went into my bank. The next day I was out of debt. And I was carrying around a debt. Of, I couldn't make up the difference. I had no resource to make up the difference. I'm a minister, and I've been, you know, I have a ministry. And people out of, have, have given to me for years, and all of them quit. I told you all this. They quit last December, a year ago. Well, that's half my salary. And all that year I've been, I had to hear from God about money because I was desperate. Well, when you get desperate, you can, you can hear from God because you really get serious. You're willing to do, walk on fire to hear from him well that's sort of where i got to but the idea that we can reach some kind of maturity that we no longer can be challenged that we come to a place where we're no longer challenged to walk on the water or to walk on troubled water is ridiculous that very idea is ridiculous we never stop our walk we never stop our walk Retirement just isn't in the picture. We don't get to retire and rest on our laurels and past victories in Jesus. It's we're just on a we're on a journey here, and we keep moving forward in that quest to go home with Him and to be what we're supposed to be here. Pastor Angela challenged us to be still. Well, in that stillness is where the maturity lies. It's where we hear from Him where we understand his voice and we can go to the next move that he can bless us further. In John 12:20 it says there were now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. And they came, these were people who had heard about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. It says then he came to Philip, then they came to Philip who was from Bethsaida of Galilee and asked him saying sir we wish to see Jesus Philip came and told Andrew 
And then Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them saying, now he didn't deal with that, but he got to another point. Look at what he said to them. The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world, his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be, be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. I want to be honored by God, and I want to be with Jesus. I want to be as he is. I want to know his quietness in the middle of that storm where I'm not afraid on the rocky boat. Where I'm not, many of you saw me when I heard Quentin, of Quentin. I was out of control emotionally. I sobbed and cried and we wept for days. I'd think of him and I'd just begin to just weep. And it was just suffering the loss of the years where we could have had conversations, our life together. We loved each other. And then he was gone. It was just a sorrow. I couldn't, it was just horrible. But in that, and keep casting that aside, casting the sorrow aside, enjoying the moments I had, greatly enjoying the moments I had, I began to offload sorrow And Jesus was there showing me I had time to minister. Well, Quentin's still alive, and we text back and forth. He can use one hand. He can't lift his head, but he can use one hand, and he spends his energy texting me and saying, God bless you, Grandma. I love you, Grandma. And he has very good uh, vocabulary, and he writes all sorts of these sentences and He's intelligent in everything and can't lift his own head. That's something to sorrow about. I mean, you can really get into that, all of our emotions. I mean, all of us are touched when we hear that. But the truth is, I've got time to go and, and, and talk to him about Jesus, this man, so he can be also. How he stays in one position 24-7, I have no idea. There's something good in Quentin for him to steal himself. And I'm going to tell him that God says be still. God's trying to get me to be still so that I will let him minister to me. And I've got to press into that and get still so I can be ministered to, so that I can help mature the church. If I cannot be still, we can't do more. And my sphere of influence will be a lessened. I have a call on my life, and this call has not lessened. It has broadened. As I've come to know more about Jesus, as fear has left me. I'm speaking to you now wearing tennis shoes because my back has hurt me so bad these last weeks, and I can't take anything for pain. And so I've figured out if I'm going to try shoes that stop my back from hurting, and if it's so what, it doesn't look too dignified. It doesn't matter. All the choir was up here with tennis shoes on. I can wear them. It doesn't.
doesn't matter what I wear. And I could be without my wig and I would not be embarrassed in front of y'all. I would show you a style that you haven't seen before. (laughs) Wealth and greed and lust and every manner of evil is around us all the time. It, It haunts us over the television. It haunts us in every decision that's made in Washington. Evil, 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 lust, greed everywhere. And we're not supposed to get wrapped up in politics. We're supposed to pray for those crazy people. What AOC, what the lady has said in the last 24 hours is absolutely delusional. Delusional. So, anyway, I'm not going to get stirred up about that. I'm going to set that aside. The world is nuts. We know that. But we can't be in the middle of it. We've got, Pastor talked about this this river that flows from the throne of God and, and makes us glad. There's a river flowing and we get in that river and we can't get in that river if we're not pressing into God. That river flows and it's a river of blessing. In Psalms 91, 1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That means a very, very protected place. You just let you just let the devil try to blow me up on I-45. I was hit so hard that the undercarriage of my car was destroyed. My wheel went rolling out across the freeway. And my, my spare was gone. But I was not harmed. I was not I haven't paid a penny toward any of it. I had a I had some bruises, things like that, but I wasn't harmed. In Psalms ninety one, nine through sixteen it says, Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, you shall nor any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands They shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent shall shall you trample underfoot. We see here that nothing, when we purpose to live in this quiet place, nothing is, this is a secret place of the Most High. We must walk with a view to righteousness. When we walk knowing that, okay, This is going this way. This is going that way. And we make a choice, a deliberate choice, to move into that place, that quiet place. Not frantic, not letting things come out of our mouth because our minds are going to be bombarded with the activity around us. But let our mind take that hmm moment and still yourself. Say hmm and pause. And give yourself that hmm space to move into quietness. And ask the Spirit what I want to hear what you would have me do now. Because we don't know how to walk in this place. We do not know how to do it. Pastor Angela said she's going to learn how to do what she's got to do by listening to God. 
We can't say, well, I grew up, and I've heard about that all 10 years ago. What's so big about that? I've, I've read the 91st Psalm a thousand times. But doing it and being it is what we're supposed to do. It takes a lot to be what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be the eyes and ears and feet of Jesus in this earth, and we got to hear him by the Spirit of God. We can hear him last, last week, we could have heard him. But if we go two or three weeks and don't hear from him, what have we done with our time? Our time, everything's measured by time in this earth. Time is extremely valuable. You're paid by the hour. That means something. Your time is valuable to somebody. Well, our time is valuable to the Lord. The time we spend in this word, the time that we listen, uh, if our deliberate, purposeful efforts to dwell in the secret place cause growth in us, if we just push in there, make the choice to push into that place, set aside time, like Pastor Angela said, even 15 minutes, set it aside. Let's set aside a day to just think on good things, things of of view to righteousness, and surround ourselves with the right music, the right thinking, the right uh, walk, the right opportunities. Uh, if, if If it's a beautiful day, take a walk thinking of the Lord. Let him show you things. Still yourself. Some people sleep when they have a day off. They just sleep. I'm not saying that's wrong all the time. I'm just saying they'll never get those hours back. Going to bed sometimes, sleeping late sometimes is great. But if, you, if you're going to walk this walk, there's going to have to be an effort somewhere, a space of time somewhere that you press into the prize of the, of the high calling of God. You press forward into that. That's what Paul's talking about. Paul was one of the most accomplished people in the earth. Uh, and he had to press in. He was intelligent. He was rich. He was famous. But he had to press in. He was a, he was, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. But he had to press in. I don't even qualify if you scale, run a scale. I'm way down here. He's way up here. You know, on the scale of things of, of, of intelligence and so forth. But when he said he had to press, he continuously pressed in to the prize of, for the prize, the prize. There's a prize waiting on us of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus. He did not stop. He went and did what he was called to do. We've got evangelists sitting on the front row. She has to do what God's called her to do. Y'all have to do what God called you to do. You press into that. God will bring you right full circle. If you get going another direction, he'll bring you back to saying, what did I call you to do? I I never thought of being a teacher. It's just I always taught. I was always teaching something. But I, I used to play school. But it's like... When I remember sitting in church and feeling an anointing come on me 
and it's just like a warm blanket wrapped around me. And I looked around to see if someone had touched me, and it was God. And he said, just be still. Just, it's okay. But he called me. He called me to do, he called me to do this. And I may explain things in such simplicity, some of you just blow it off. But I'm telling you what, I work hard to get still this week. Now, I have boxes stacked up within this, the top of my windows like this in my bedroom next to my bed. I can't lift any of these boxes. My children have had a, a heyday laughing at me because some of those boxes are keepsakes, things that I've kept for them. But I've had all of that around me. I've had just enough room to get in bed. And I've had to be still in the middle of that. And I've had to hear from God today in the middle of this. And Titus, or in Thessalonians 4, 9 through 12, it says, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, but you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you do, you do so toward all the brethren who are in the, all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life. See, it's, it, it's the increase will bring you to a quiet place, that you, uh, that you work more and more and come into a quiet life to mind your own business and to work with your own hands as, as we commanded you that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. See, there's abundance there. We're pressing on and pressing on. As you make an effort to remain in a secret place during the storm, it produces self-control. You have to learn to control yourself because fear will talk. The lion will roar. He does a real good job of roaring. Real good job of roaring. And uh, we get all anxious when we hear him roar, most generally. We're quick to fear, and then we're slow to calm. But we're going to get opposite to that. Slow to fear. Quick to calm. That's where we want to get. That he isn't going to just be able to press a button and cause us to fear. He isn't going to say, everything is going to zero. Your account's zero. Your life is zero. Nothing you've ever done amounts to anything. Does he ever do that to any of you who have raised children? That they never heard a thing you said. And have you ever felt that way? Like you just fouled it all up and that whatever effort you made was a zero. Well, that's what the devil's job is. That's what he does. He roars. He gets you to believe something. And it takes a while to come to the calm place <coughs> with the word and begin to say no. I spoke those things that, that were supposed to be over my children. I prayed over my children. Now, I, I, I don't even want y'all to even think of this being a put-together message, but it is an honest approach I've had about getting calm in the midst of, of a storm. For 90 days, I've had to cast down a lot of imagination, and I'm stiller today than I was before. I'm working hard 
at this. Now, it's an effort that we, we make an effort. I, there's a book out called Effortless Change, and I think that's for somebody who has maybe more skill than I. But it's an effort for me to be still. I have to, I have to sit myself down and say, now, what are you thinking right now? Okay, I'm not going to let the fact that I can't get my printer to print and I can't seem to get it lined up. I'm going to have to wait for someone else to come do that for me. Now, that bothers me a lot. I'm going to have to wait. I've waited for weeks now for somebody to come and lift these heavy pictures of mine and nail nails in the wall and hang them. But, you know, somebody showed up last night. We got pictures hung, my printer printed. But I had to be still and wait. I can't push it. I can't twist it. I can't bug it. I can't, I'm not. And there are still things that need to be done. And it probably will be that way till after the first of the year. But in this process, I'm believing God to show me things that I didn't know about me and how simply the enemy was getting in to cause me distress. Like, for instance, my car that the collision people have had for two weeks. I picked it up yesterday, and Adrian, my son-in-law, wanted to meet me there. Well, we, it's overcast, and I walk out, and I'm so glad. Oh, I'm going to get my car because the little car I was driving was little, and you can't haul big things around and get rid of them in that. So I was going to really, and Adrian walks around the car and kicks tires and looks underneath it, and then he says, you notice the paint? They painted it the wrong color. So... I've got just a white bumper on the back, and my car is pearl, so it shows up immediately. But I told him, I'm going to take my car, but I'll be back. I'll be back after Christmas when I've got all this stuff I need to haul, hauled. But I'll be back, and we're going to get this car right. You're going to do this right. Yes, ma'am, we've got a lifetime guarantee on our work, and I said, well, We'll get it right. And so I didn't lose it. I just went home. And then in comes Cecilia, my daughter. Mom, I could even tell the difference in that paint. And it's dark outside. Blah, 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 blah. Opportunity presented itself for me to get roaring again. You know. But I didn't. I said, you know what? I'm just going to make them stick to their lifetime guarantee. We'll see how many coats of paint I have to have. You know, we're just going to, I'm going to get it fixed. But the main thing is that the motor's all right, the wheels turn, and the bus goes down the road, you know. And I got here tonight. And, th- and that's what matters. And I wasn't harmed. I'm, I'm blessed. But it's the attitude in the middle of what's going on. Used to, they, I would have breathed like a dragon on them. Oh, my goodness. I was terrible. I was terrible. The things that could come. 
I didn't cuss in those kinds of things, but I would dress them down. Uh, in 1 Peter 3 and 4, it says, Rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Now, that applies to a woman. He's talking to a woman. But that applies to all of us. A gentle and quiet spirit is a beautiful thing to God. I want to have a beautiful heart and spirit before God. I want my heart to be so. Tonight, I enjoyed the worship so much. And the only difference is, is that I've been in the Word today. So the the message of the worship and my entering into it was sweet. It was wonderful. It changes the attitude when you're in the Word, washing of the water of the Word. The Word changes us, and we can sooner come to this quiet place. Our precious pastor, you are precious to us. You're very precious to us. And her message is powerful. When I was leaving, someone said, oh, she brought the fire. Well, to me, it was like she turned up every rock inside of me. You know, underneath the rock, when you flip them up, they're squirmies. That's what was going on with me. And I thought, I'm going to be tempted like I've never been before. I'm going to have every opportunity. I've got, I've got to deal with this. I've got to deal with this now. I've got to get quiet or everything's going to... Well, I had many opportunities. In First Peter 5, it says, Be sober, self-controlled, be vigilant, watchful, because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But uh, <clears throat> but may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Suffering is necessary to come to self-control. You have to be self-controlled about something. You have to control yourself about something. Don't you feel good when you you could have said something and didn't? Sometimes I do and I shouldn't, you know. I shouldn't. I, and we, but we individually we can't do this. What she said to be, because Susie Q's doing it. That's my favorite name, Susie Q. I can't do it because Susie Q decided to do it. I've got to do it because I I I need to be. I need to be. You need to be. We need to be. If we're going to come into unity and we all be, can you imagine what God could do with us if we all be? It would be glorious in one mind, one accord, and we make one move. If each of you, if, if Randy, if you got in there with God like you have been and just keep going and keep going and keep going... He affects me. Does he affect y'all? Just the change in him affects me. He, he is different than he was when I came. We're different than we were. The word has benefited us. Maybe we're along this being thread more than we think we are. The enemy says, oh, but you didn't, you didn't, you had COVID. 
you must have done something wrong. You were angry at this, you, you know. And he reminds us of our past. If you did things in your past, they're under the blood. Don't let someone or the enemy remind you, call you up and say, well, you know, this sister did so and so and use you as an example. Don't do it. Say, no, I will not. That, I don't even know what you're talking about. It's separated from the east to the west. God has separated sin so far from us, we shouldn't be thinking about sin. We shouldn't let anyone talk to us about sin. We should be, we, anybody, meaning the enemy or another believer, talk to us about, yeah, you know, and having to get deliverance. You know, I had this and this and this and this and this. Uh-uh. God doesn't even know what we're talking about. Don't let anyone dredge it up, especially the devil. Don't let anyone dredge it up. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We're in right standing with God. And we be, wherever we are, we're being. But we're going to be more. We're going to be quieter. We're going to be stronger. We're going to be fuller. We're going to be fireier. We're going to be settled. We're going to be, and, and we're going to be so effectual when we go out that whatever that whatever the person that we minister to has done or is doing is not going to affect us because we be we're stable in who we are in Christ Jesus. We've made every deliberate effort to get still in our storm, whatever that storm is, and we've got to speak the truth in love to our brethren. We've got to speak the truth in love, not harsh, not evil. But we've got to speak the truth. We've got to pray and ask God to open it up to us where our brother will ask us a question. Because when they're asking a question of you, then you can go in and, and God will open a way where you can talk with them privately if you've got that heart and stand steady and be still. God will open up what you're supposed to handle. And it'll come to you as a question. They'll say, what do you think about this? And then you can say, do you really want to know? And you can show them the scripture. You can talk to them and they'll hear you and adjust and change. You'll win your brother or sister's heart. And you'll, you'll have a reward from God. They don't owe you anything. Your reward will come from God. But we can't go messing. We should not go messing. We need to ask the Lord to show, show us how to be still when we're tempted to handle something. And we have to wait on the Lord and be still and let him guide us where and when. And that we become effectual then. And we can go in and do mighty exploits for the Lord because the Lord talking to us, the devil has no clue what he's saying to us. But when the devil tells us something, he doesn't know what we're going to do until we do it. He'll tempt us to do something, and then he knows he has us. But what we do or what we say. But our conversation with the Lord can be so clear. And, and if I'm supposed to say something to somebody, and I'm praying that way about somebody right now, 
if I'm supposed to say something, it'll open up. It'll open up where I can say it and walk away, and they'll it, their heart will be touched by the Spirit of God, and anger will not be a part of it. It'll be the right time, the right season, and so this learning to be still is a will will have effective ministry. That's the whole point of this. So we can have effective ministry. It says, but also for this very reason, in 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8, it says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, persevere, stand, to perseverance godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We add to, by pressing in, we add to, it says, but also for this very reason, give all diligence, add to your faith. We are the subject there. We add to our faith by pressing in. Praise God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close, and I have closed. And I just want you, y'all watch and see if I'm not quieter in my spirit around you. I'm taking the challenge up. She threw down the gauntlet, and I picked it up. I said, I'm going to do this. I want to hear from God. I really want to hear from God. I really want to be a functioning unit a joint by every joint that supplies. It talks about the joints. I want to be a joint that supplies in this body. I don't want to just be a limp joint. I want to supply something to the body, a good thing to the body, a helpful thing to be a helper, to be whatever I need to be. But I want this be. I want that be in me. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord. And I, I believe, Lord, we're going to be what we need to be. We're going we're gonna to get quiet. We're going to lay aside all those fleshly trappings that we have, the, the traps that the enemy sets for us. We're going to give a hmm moment so that we can be still and make wise decisions. I thank you, Lord, for this time in my life. I thank you for my life. I thank you for increase. I thank you for hope for the future. I thank you for health. I thank you for healing my back. I thank you for healing me from this cold. In Jesus' name, I thank you for all the good things you're doing for us in this place. Thank you for selling my house, Lord. Thank you for for everyone in this body. They mean so much to me, Lord. And when they ask me, you've driven so far, I just want them to know they're my home. With them is my home, spiritual home. I told Pastor Angela and Pastor Goodluck that when I came here. My spirit has found a home, and it still has. In Jesus' name, let us be home. Amen.